Hello, and welcome back to Between the Culture, a show dedicated to seeking out the student niche groups here on campus. I'm your host, Allie Brady. In today's episode, we'll be looking into the UW's small but active community of birders. I was able to join them on an excursion in Western Washington. We saw a lot of birds and we heard even more. By the day's end, I was pretty convinced of two things. One, binoculars are a birder's best friend. And two, ducks can be cooler than you might think. At 9 a.m. in Deception Pass State Park, the cold sunlight glints down on the nearly empty shore. The coast is windy, brisk, so much so that we're sniveling, snuggling into our windbreakers to hide from the sharp breeze. Waves come in and out as birders Ben Pedigo and Sarah Wang gaze into a telescope. Sarah flips through a guidebook, trying to identify the birds she sees sitting on the buoys several yards out. Both are members of UW Bird Club, a club which is home to a small community of birders that range from beginners to pros. They go out on their own, and occasionally, they organize trips as a group. This past President's Day, Ben and Sarah spent their late morning hours wandering both the shoreline and the surrounding forest. They kept their eyes up, listening for birdsong. We're at Bowman Bay. It's kind of a crescent-shaped bay with a gravel beach. Um, so most of what we're looking right at right now has been on the water. Um, we've seen buffleheads, common golden eyes, uh, surf scoters, red-breasted mergansers, um, a mugol, horned grebe, and so most of those species are diving ducks that, that for the most part, come down from uh, the north, so they're only here during the winter, and most of them dive for their food, so you'll see them kind of floating along the water, and then all of a sudden they'll go down, and most of them are trying to catch fish or crustaceans or things like that. I really like Deception Pass because it has a good mix of salt water, there's a freshwater lake, there's forest, um, so it's just a pretty wide variety of habitats right in the same really compact location. It's also just really beautiful here and it's fun to be outside. Do you mind if we, um, are you guys okay with a bit of a walk? I don't think oh, it's too yeah, far. No, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's like a mini, mini hike out to that bluff, if that's cool with you guys. Oh yeah, sure. Oh cool. We walk further up the beach in search of more water birds. Sarah and Ben stop to identify them, comparing notes. Ben meticulously writes down each bird he sees on a waterproof notepad. Later, he will share their list on eBird, a website dedicated to archiving birders' finds. But they have to make sure they've identified them correctly. Surf scoter. What else was out there? Is that it? Um, these are all buffleheads. I thought I saw a couple more, but I can't confirm. I was like, oh, maybe there's some like mergansers. And where are they? Oh, this might be the buffle or the 
gold mice to the left. So there's like the two buoys and then the two buoys. And then there's like two ducks, big bigger ducks to the um, left. They're of kind of hunched together. They're like really tucked in. As we like climb higher up the bluff, Ben and Sarah find out their duck is a little more interesting than they initially thought. Wait, so what are you looking at right now? It's called a long-tailed duck. It's called a what? Long-tailed duck. And you guys have never seen it before? Well, yeah, neither of us have ever seen this in our lives, so this is really cool. So the males are a little snippy with each other. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. With the harlequin yeah, ducks? Snippy, yeah. I got it zoomed in on the long-tailed duck if you want to look. Okay. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's mostly white, uh, it's got some black on the side of its head, and as the name suggests, it has a really long tail. <laughs> um, it almost, the male almost looks like it has, it's white with black painted on it. I've been birding for what, four years, and I don't think I've, yeah. oh I, I know I've never seen one, so. Yeah, I don't bird out on the coast that often, yeah. so I haven't seen one. <laughs> I'd have to look it up, but it's definitely rare for me. Stopping on the edge of the bluff, the wind picks up. Ben and Sarah are still thrilled about their long-tailed duck sighting. These kinds of sightings are what make birding worth the cold temperatures and the early morning alarms. While it may have been Ben's first time seeing a long-tailed duck, it isn't the first time he's been able to spot a rare bird. So uh, a few months ago, there was something called a uh, swallowtailed gull that showed up in Washington. And it was the first sighting in Washington state history of this bird. It was the third sighting in the history of the country. Um, and it was really unusual because that bird is basically endemic to the Galapagos Islands. And so it was thousands of miles away from it where it should have been. And somebody found it at Carkeek Park. And then later they refound it at like a gas refinery in Edmonds or something like that. And it was, it sounds weird if you're not <laughs> used to birding, but it was like a really big deal. And there were people coming from like, they were flying in from the East Coast to see this bird. There were people driving up from California and Canada and all over the place just to get a look at this thing because it was sitting basically in the same spot for a week or two. Um, and so I went and saw it twice, I think, and it was, just really fun to see a group of like 30 people all standing around watching the same bird with scopes and cameras and, and everything. And so that was a lot of fun. These kinds of experiences are what make the debatably quirky hobby so fulfilling. Ben and many of the other birders on the club have a natural sense of curiosity about wildlife. We break away from the bluff and wander back into the forest. Bird song drifts down from the trees, rising above the eerie echoes of the children playing on the shoreline below. One such bird is a songbird with a unique musical talent. Oh, instead of a robin? <laughs> yeah, it's cool. next to a robin. You see it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, there's another one right here. So that is, what is that called? Which one? Trill back there. It's a varied thrush. There's a really good look at so one in that parking the spot right there. Right Flicker just went up, yeah. So they look a lot like robins from afar. Mm -hmm. But if you get a good look, they've got orange and black stripes. So they're really closely related to robins. 
and you can find them in western Washington any time of year, but in the summers they'll be up high in the mountains, and this time of year they'll come down. So they, songbirds have basically two, the equivalent of vocal cords, but they have two of them, so they can basically harmonize with themselves, and this varied thrush song is the best example of it because it's this really spooky, uh, it's like this odd harmony and it's really cool to hear. Especially when it's like an old go and it's misty and it's like... Yeah. Once through the trees, we walk down the hill and back towards the shore. Ben sets up his scope again, scanning for wings. So I think my parents always had uh, bird feeders when I was growing up, and so I would learn a few of the birds that were just in our yard, but I wasn't that into it. Um, and then one day in high school, I randomly saw a bird. I had no idea what it was. It was really funny looking, and I eventually found a bird guide in the library or I think it was a bookstore or something like that and um, just started leafing through it until I figured out what it was and uh, I ended up buying that book because there were just so many things that I had never seen and um, I guess that was that. <laughs> I think I just really enjoy animals in general so I do like bird watching but you know I like love looking at mammals and a lot of other stuff too. Um, I don't, and for some reason I just have this weird tendency to want to know what everything is and so I think that's part of the appeal for bird watching because there's just so many different kinds of birds if you start paying attention to them and for some reason I just like trying to figure out what they are. This is a really good look. Um, so there's a male and a female. Oh, the, the male, male is transitioning into breeding plumage, so he's got the oh. dark ring around, like black oh, feathers around his face. Oh, but I could see face. the red eye. That's what I was Yeah, thinking. but okay. you can see the black feathers around his face starting cool. to come in. It's super cool. What kind of bird is this? It's a red-breasted merganser. It's a what? Red-breasted merganser. <laughs> While I can say I've never been birding before, I recommend it now. By the end of the day, Ben and Sarah's list ended up holding over 40 birds. Everything from a common thrush to the elusive long-tailed duck. So next time you're thinking of heading snooze on a Sunday, consider searching eBird or taking a walk around the neighborhood. The bird song starts early. All you need are some binoculars. Or just lean your head back and listen.